0: The Lord's good, man. Yeah, just what he's doing at the moment through the planet, around the country, around the world, um, is really awesome to watch and see. And um, I got saved in 26th of October, 1980, up in Durban. Um, I've only been in two churches in my life in Durban from 1980 to 1997. We came to the Cape. We met Andrew. They had their first official meeting in his house. I remember him standing up in January 99 and saying so this is our first Josh Jen official meeting, about fifteen people. JJ and Sonia are sitting over the back over there. They deacons um, with us forever. JJ was probably the first guy I ever met in Josh Jen. He came out and greeted us and uh, and he got married later. He didn't hadn't married Sonia at that time. And uh, so we've seen god moving over the years i got saved into the end of the what they call the jesus movement in the 1970s it was a powerful time uh like a real hippie the, hip, the hippies sort of came along in the late 1960s the drugs hit the world uh, in a big way in the mid 60s um people hadn't really known officially a drug movement before and um and uh, at the same time, you know, where sin increases, God and the grace of God increases all the more. You know, we panic and we look at the world right now and it's shaking and it's always been shaking, believe me. If you look over history, it's, it's a violent history over the world. I mean, it's just been phenomenal violence and chaos continuously. Very few periods of actual peace on this earth. Uh, they formed the United Nations to try and bring peacekeeping forces. But guess what? The world is still pretty unstable and messed up until Jesus comes again. Uh, we're waiting for him. He's the Messiah, and he is coming back for his bride. He's beautiful and perfect bride, and uh, and we see the power of God. I mean, people would get saved and drove Sunday after Sunday in church. Uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit was so easy. There was no, okay, pray after me, you know. It was just pray for guys, and falling, and there was a I got saved, I got, when I got saved, I didn't know what Christianity was. I, you know, we, we thought we were born, we were in a Christian nation. We thought we were automatically Christians. There's no such thing as a Christian nation. There's only Christian people. Um, and when I got saved, I was, I'd never read the Bible. It was like a new book to me. It came alive. It, and um, and I, I never knew what speaking in tongues was. I thought those were Greek people praying in their, in their sort of home language, you know. Um, and so when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I never knew what that was. And someone just prayed over me, and the whole room just lit up with like, when like the sun, literally the sun had moved into the room, I felt warm honey all over me. I started speaking in this language, but I'd never knew what existed and a Christian could do. And I was just so excited. I was just on fire. I, I mean, I, had, I was still in the, in the defense force at those times. I, I, after, when I finished after a year, I went, sold everything I had, went to Bible college. I went to the local Christian bookshop and bought every Christian book. I bought Greek and Hebrew books and I eventually gave them away because I didn't know what they were, what they were all about. Um, I'm more a Peter. I'm not a, a learned man like Paul the Apostle. And um, just the raw power of God, man. It was such exciting times. And, um, but we've seen over the years, over, the, over decades and centuries, how the truth, how God has restored truth. It's never anything new. It's just a restoration of what already existed. There's nothing new under the sun. It's all been there. It was contained. We see in the New Testament, the early church was on fire for Jesus. They saw miracles. They saw just their shadow would heal people. Uh, Demons would come out. Just garments of their clothing would touch people and they could get healed. There was phenomenal things. But then, you see, Paul gets sick and people nursed him, and they helped him. Where's the power of God? So we see all sorts of movements of how God moves. He's sovereign. He will move how he wants, when he wants. You cannot manufacture. We cannot come here and manufacture the presence of God. We can, pre- we can position ourselves, we can present ourselves, but the rest is up to God. There'll be times when we'll have a pouring out of, of God, and other times we'll just sit down and we teach the word of God. That both are holy moments. This time last year, in fact, this weekend, up in Port Elizabeth, um, that we're having a 412 equip time there right now. And we were there last year, and um, it was the f- Friday night they got Monet van der Vault to speak. He le- he's sort of one of our main leaders in Josh Jen, in uh, mostly the Southern Cape. But he spoke on the friday night and mornay is a very eloquent guy he's a very learned man uh, and he spoke so well and it just giving you some vulnerable and as preachers we get we get intimidated by each other sometimes um, because you know with when when he preached i thought oh i'm next how am i gonna follow that he's such a good preacher i'm, I'm gonna look like such a numbskull you know the next morning um, I'm, I'm not articulate like he is I, I can't i'm not studied like he is um, but then I got up and I preached maybe a bit like this and I got excited for what who Jesus is and we had eight hundred people and the next moment or ten minutes I think I've been speaking the Holy Spirit just started I, I we weren't expecting it, they we weren't asking for it. Suddenly it just started touching everybody. People just sort of demons are manifesting and we were, what's going on, you know? It's very I just stopped. Chad came on and, and sang a song and it even went even wilder for two hours. I just sort of stood on the stage and looked at everybody and God just, well, eventually got down and God and praying for people and God just moved. It was just, the power of God was there. And you think, wow, Lord, as you will, as you will. And they did give me another shot later to actually try and finish the message and we did. Um, Dan and Sam just love you guys, man. I'd follow this guy anywhere. I've known him for quite a few years now. As he said, we've been through ups and downs together and uh, they're close to our hearts they really are godly people after god's own heart. i want to commend you for your love for the lord jesus and the way you've just followed him so obediently over the years and godly godly people um you guys have got a real i don't know if you appreciate what god's given you here in terms of leadership i do (laughs) and uh but you know the god works through leaders but right now we're seeing a pouring out of the spirit in america often things are First world countries have got great uh, communication abilities and you start hearing about things there, which you don't often hear, say, in other nations. Um, I mean, we heard about Azusa Street Revival in 1906, uh, where the first rec- rec- recording of speaking in tongues, or restoration of speaking in tongues, rather. Before that, there was water baptism. The Baptists came about as a movement. And then, they, you know, you put down your name, we're Baptists. And because and they, did, wow, water baptism, you know, it's such a powerful thing. And so we saw the Pentecostal movement about 100 years ago uh, sweeping around the, through the churches. And then the restoration of the charismatic gifts uh, started appearing. In the 1940s and 1950s, we would see guys like A.A. Allen and Catherine Kuhlman and William Branham, powerful, powerful moves of God, genuine stuff, not artificial, not fake. The guys tried to find holes in what they were doing, and they couldn't, the, the press and, and people like that, the skeptics. And... Uh, really but the problem was the wineskins were not not good so the as the holy spirit poured out and lies were touched and affected i mean the the wheelchairs were getting emptied and and blind were seeing but there was no sustained move of god because often those people fell morally often often um formed cults around william branham became the branhamites um a allen was an alcoholic uh katherine yeah, she went to the married man and there was all sorts of fallings public fallings uh, and then uh, in the 1980s we saw restoration of the apostolic we again not apostles on the on the level of the original apostles who could write scripture but an understanding of wait a minute the fivefold ministry in ephesians 4 is genuine it's real and they started discovering and, and examining the scriptures afresh as god reveals Old Truth bringing it back for the sake of the church, his precious bride. Do you love Jesus? You do. Do you love his church the way he loves his church? Because this is what he died for. This is the apple of his eye. This is the beauty you're beautiful before him. He's getting you ready for that day when he comes back for his church. It's going to be a wedding of note, a wedding of weddings. It's going to be a most amazing. T- time when God will, Jesus is coming and will have that wedding with his beautiful bride, us, his people. He is the head of the church. We are his body. And we're beautiful. But God is continuously perfecting and bringing a holiness to us. We, and so, Jenny and I, we, we've been through the extreme faith teachings. We were caught up in a, in a time when the church went through that massive uh, word of faith movement, uh, restoration of faith. There was a stirring it up, but it went too far. You know, you could just declare and proclaim, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not sick and dying. It's just a symptom. And you die, then what happened there, you know? And so it was like craziness, because often when we get hold of a truth, we, 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 we mess it up as people, we don't handle the truth well. And that's what we're trying to do as leaders, even as God's leaders here this morning, we don't really know what we're doing half the time. Does it reassure you? We all come back next week. Want to follow us? Because Paul said, Follow me as I follow Christ. And we do ask you to follow us as we follow Christ. We know we've got weaknesses. We know we're going to make mistakes. We know we're going to let you down. We, we wish we didn't. It's not our desire, it's not our heart to do that. But we do make mistakes. But we, I believe that we, we, we try and be godly men who position ourselves, Lord, what are you saying? The Lord says "Stay, stop preaching right now, then we just stop. If He says, don't preach for a month, we don't preach. But the word of God is powerful, it is good, and we should bring in the truth. I mean, we went through a phase in the 90s where we were here last Sunday night when Andrew preached, this is that teaching. And there was a breakout of the Holy Spirit. And we saw that in the 90s. We had a guy, uh, Rodney Howard Brown, he's in America now, he came to our church up in Durban, and he just stood there, didn't say a word, and there was about five, six hundred people in our church up in Durban, just stood, and he looked around like this, and next thing, people just laughing and crying and falling and doing all sorts of strange things, and the elders were like, whoa, what's going on here? The people were shocked, like, is this God? Can, is, this, is this the devil? Is this devil? Is this God? go and examine the scriptures i mean our, our lead elder at that time was quite a conservative guy he had a degree in theology and he was a really good bible teacher and, and we had people leave the church this, this can't be god and um and for years like last Sunday night, night we had meeting after meeting after meeting like that just the holy spirit pouring out pouring out we jenny and i were casting out demons over and over. it was like a I mean, I used to pray for people. I could, the power of God just to surge through my body, and people would go flying and falling over. It was the most incredible time. And the thing is, you've got to watch, it becomes about you, you know. Oh, look at me. I'm the, and people start queuing up in front of you, because they, they know, the, and, and, you, and the, they feel the experience of God. But we don't live for experience. We can't build on experience. We can't build on feelings. We can't build on emotions. But that is still part of what God does, because God gives us emotions. He gives us feelings. He does do these things. I mean, you look at some of the strange things that God did. I just read Ezekiel. Yeah, He lay on his side for 360 days. And he had to cook his food with human excrement. And he objected. He said, God, I can't do that. I can't pollute God's people. He said, okay, I'll let you use animal manure. 360 days he lay on his side, a judgment against Israel. Then Judah... Another 40 days on the other side, weird things like that. But that can't be God, He's holy, and you know. But God did, I mean, Jesus. Imagine how you come up for prayer and you got a problem in your eye, and I spit on the floor, makes get some mud and wipe it in your eye. i Think germs, and yeah, there, where's it? You know, spit your yuck, you know, terrible. Where's it? That's what Jesus did. He did strange, there were strange things that took place and we've got to get our mind around these things sometimes in terms of, are you reading kingdom through your culture and through what you've been taught or are you reading kingdom through the lens of what God's spirit is saying? We've got to be people who are open to what the spirit is saying It may not fit into our conventional thinking and our our predetermined understanding of how God works. You know, people do start going crazy. I, mean, I'm, I would say a, a large part of me is fairly conservative. I want order, I want things done well. You know, I came, you know, I was trained as an aircraft technician and then I was in factory management most of my life and things are ordered and structured and production and figures and statistics and I love that sort of stuff. But it doesn't always fit into the kingdom of God and the way God works. Are we open to the way God wants to work as God's people? Are we positioned in our hearts towards that? So you may not always understand, but it doesn't mean that what's happening is wrong. And you may go and examine the scriptures, but then examine the scriptures not through your cultural lens, and your, but through the lens of, of the kingdom. Because we're here to build the kingdom of God. Matthew 16, 13-20. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Do you know that Jesus was asked 183 questions? He only answered three, and he asked 307 questions. Good way to do ministry. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, I tell you, you are Peter. You are Peter. And on this rock, not Peter the rock, the revelation of what he just said, that you are the Messiah, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged his disciples to tell no one that he is the Christ. Because the revelation of you are the Christ, you are the sent one, you are the Messiah. That is what he wants his kingdom built on, that revelation and understanding. And this morning today, God wants us to build the kingdom on that revelation of he is the Messiah. And he wants us, he's entrusted it to, to man. Now Peter was about to blow it massively. You know, you say I don't trust leaders. You know, people, some people, all the, all the, the guys who are anti-authority and the guys who have been hurt by the church and maybe for whatever reason, they're loving what's happening in Asbury, in Kentucky, you know. They love this when it says there's no leaders. Ah, fantastic, you know, no leaders. God has always used leaders. There were even, there's even leaders because people are closing it down. And someone's making a decision there. It's, it has been led, but a lot quieter, it's not Prominence, which is how it should be. We don't want man to get exalted. We want God to be exalted. So there's always a form of leadership. Whatever there's been a revival, even the Scottish Hebrides revival, the Welsh revival, there's always been leadership. Always. God has always raised up a man to lead his people. And even sometimes a woman, in the case of Deborah, the judge. Um, God has always used leaders. It's his idea of leadership, not ours. In the Bible, you know, he's here we see it straight away. Jesus is entrusting it to a weak man. Who was about to fail miserably, but he still chose. He said, Peter, I'm trusting you with the keys of the kingdom. And the keys is to unlock and bind and loosen in terms of leadership. I know we get people binding and loosing Satan over this place and that place, and not authority, I've got no authority to do that, but there's the authorities given in terms of leadership. And even in Matthew 19, um, it's about uh, church discipline, if, if a, someone's got something against you, go and show, speak to them. They sin against you. If they don't see it. Take a brother. If they don't, do, that doesn't work. Take it to the church. And whatever you, the church, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We put a lady out of the church. I did actually last year in Durbanville. I led Durbanville for 11 years. I'm now mostly on the road. Um, and we put a lady out for sexual immorality. She was born again in our church got saved in our church but the scripture is very clear when people are unrepentant sin unrepentant and dig in and say i will not comply with truth i will not be obedient to god we are obliged according to the scripture as leaders to the Bible says publicly when you get together to hand her over to satan we did that with tears and and fear of god when we did that it's a massive thing to do you're casting someone out of the kingdom of God. The Bible says that you're turning them over to Satan, that their soul may be saved, that God would work in them. And she felt, the, she felt cut, totally cut off from God. She, the fear of God gripped her heart so much. She's repented, kicked that man out of her house, and um, come back. I re- went and restored her a few weeks ago in Durbanville, and prayed her and she got up on the stage and God celebrated, because we want to celebrate Precious people. Precious people we had authority that God gives us to do these things and if we don't recognize it and fold our arms and say well I'm, i only submit to God well you're unbiblical you're unscriptural you're out of a line you're disobedient to God not to us we just mean knowing that God's given us authority in 2 Corinthians um, 10 chapter 10 and 2 Corinthians chapter 13 Paul says my authority is to build you up not to break you down. And the heart of us as leadership in Josh Jan and the church is to pull God's people up, to lift them up. The last thing we want to do is have to bring in the exercise church discipline. I didn't actually mean to talk about church discipline this morning, but, but that, that's, that's like the final, final place we've got to take and go to. Hopefully people will say, we, just, we see you as people who love the Lord. We want to come with you. We want to stand with you in everything that God is doing. So he's talking about the church. So it's through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus, this is Jesus' plan, and through his church, through his church, there's no other means. God's got no B plan, there's no C plan, no D plan, only the A plan, His Church. Doesn't there's extra all these little ministries popping up all over the place. They should all be within the coming through within the church, according to scripture. Because the church is weakened by people breaking away in terms of their gifting and and on their, and, and this in this in their own self, often wanting to go and do things. Sometimes because of bad leadership, the church hasn't led them well and been good facilitators of their gifting and what God's placed on them. And they have had to tear away and splinter off. You get all little movements. Evangelical movements, mercy movements, all these things which all should be contained within the in the church because the Bible says, you know according to scripture a proper church has always got elders, plurality of elders at that um, and these elders are there to govern and bring direction for the church and to help the church. We, we're not over above you better than you lording it over but we're just servants, but God's raised up. We often look in the mirror and wonder why Lord, why do you pick us? Because it's very onerous being a leader in God's church, which means it's quite a tough call because you're gonna make decisions about people's lives which could impact into eternity. We've got one shot at this, one shot at this life of pointing our hearts in the right directions. The Bible says we're gonna be judged in Revelation, so we're gonna be judged for the acts that we did in the body while we've got opportunity. The word came through through Lucas this morning. Actually, I was considering preaching on Matthew six thirty-three: "Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things." That's the scripture that God gave me, and I first got saved. Seek first My kingdom, lay lay everything at His feet, and God will give it back to you. Even this morning, are there some people who struggle with leadership, who struggle with authority? For your sake, not our sake. For your sake, get healed, get free. You're holding, the, you're holding the church back, Miss Robert, because we need you. You may be here in body, but you may not be a fully in heart. That you'll walk with us if it's going in the direction that you want it to go. But if we say go left and you know think we should go right, you're out of here. Well, things hit a bit of a wobble and things don't, no, it's uncomfortable. It's not fitting into, we, we realize that the biggest enemy we've got today is Church light. Church light where people just want to come to church, have a meeting, hear, hear some, sing some songs. Yeah, I'll give you some money even if you want, you know, some tires and offerings, sure thing. Hear a bit of preaching of the word, go home. Maybe Wednesday night, but your hearts are not fully there. God, laying my heart at your feet. It's, um, General William Booth, who saw the Salvation Army, a mighty move of God in the 1800s. Powerful in England and in America. Serve God phenomenally. His wife, the most incredible woman, also a powerful preacher, godly woman. When she was dying in her 60s of breast cancer, in those days they didn't have medication like we got today to take away the pain. She said to William Booth, said, my only regret is I won't be around to nurse you when you're dying. What a servant woman. What a godly love and a deep love. Her only regret, you couldn't be there for a husband to, to be with him as he died. And William Booth, when they interviewed him in his, in his, as a very elderly man, just before he died, they said, William Booth, how come your life has counted so much for God? He says this, God got all of William Booth. Has God got all of you this morning? Not on your terms. Yes, he has got all of me. These are the boxes that I'll tick for God and I'll give God. But there's a couple of boxes I won't let God take control of. I don't, do you trust God? Some of you may have lost trust in God. You may have, someone may have died, a child, or a, a divorce has taken place, or someone, and you, you, your face, faith was rattled and shaken. Like, God, where were you? I don't understand. Listen, we don't have all the answers. You've got one life to live, to hand your life over to God. I've watched many people die. I've had people die, close friends. I've seen, we, 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 this is not This is not it. This is not it. In America, in the 1800s, your life expectancy was 37. In America, 37. Today, it's maybe in the 80s. So, tomorrow's another day. No, today you get on with it. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Tomorrow, I don't know, for any of us. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of those born again believers. If you count yourself born again, God better have all of your heart. You're going to face judgment day. You say, Well, I'm saved. I got my tickets. I'm, I made a confession of faith and I'm in the kingdom. Just make sure He's got all of your heart, that He can take all of you your children, your spouse, your business. I was in business. We, we lost our whole house, paid off house. We had to start all over again at the age of 40. Like, God, you know, when we come out of the prosperity message, you know, all these things you've got to wrestle through in terms of, God, it doesn't make sense. But when I got born again in 1980, 26th of October, God got all of Russell. I've never backslidden, not because I'm a good boy, but I just love my God. I presented my life. I only came to ministry in 2001. As I came into ministry, I offered to build this, take over this project. We'd bought the land. We we're a, we a, we a, a skamunkle bunch, is that a good word? Of a church, we we're a young church, all did anybody have jobs? We had to, we, somehow we bought this piece of land, remember Nick? We started, out, we started building and we had terrible builders. All pillars were skew. We had to stop, for a year we stood. I saw good leadership in Andrew. he led us through that time. We had no money. The ladies had to come here, we had to tear down bricks, and the ladies had to clean the bricks with hammer and chisel so we could reuse the bricks. The picture of the church, it's messy. We make mistakes, things are crazy. Eventually we got this building up in 2004. That's church, it's messy. Sometimes you gotta root down, realign. The pillars here are all out of alignment. They were hanging leaning over and they used the wrong cement up top there. It wasn't strong enough, we had to break it out and put proper cement in. But that's our church, like a picture of the church. It's messy. But we fought our way through. We got a people who fight our way through. But we need good leaders for that and we need good followers. Are you a good follower? One John four twenty says, "How can you say you love Christ who you've never seen? If you can't love man, who you can see?" So, you the reflection. If I don't want to know what your heart is towards God, if, if, I know, if I don't know if you love God, I'll look how you act on this earth, this way, horizontally. So, we're all standing up front, you praising God, worshiping, tears, and you go out and rebellion is still in your heart anger disappointment in God people because I've seen people have massive experience of God falling down under the power of God get up and go and sin with their girlfriend experience I've seen a lot in 43 years of walking with the Lord and being in leadership 42 years I've seen a lot I don't care how you jump it's how straight you walk when you walk out of here because experience Wonderful! I love the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. But if it doesn't change your life, then something—you just had an experience. Judas did miracles. You're going to read in Luke nine, I think it is. Judas was casting out demons, healing the sick, and then Satan entered his heart, turned against Jesus. Now today, probably not even in heaven. Satan entered his heart, and we want to see people run all the way to the end. God's passion. Is that you'll run your race marked out for you right the way to the end on fire for him on fire for Jesus burning for him I've been in business I've been in the corporate world I've had my own business for seven years I've raised three sons I'm a grandfather now I've done life and I know this God is faithful he is true and he's powerful powerful not in so much in the miracles I saw but in changing my life man Man, you change. It. I'm still on a journey. I'm still growing. I still mess up. I still get it wrong. I still get emotions in me like ah like, like jealousy and all these things. You're resting your heart to the ground all the time, presenting your heart back to God. I say, God, use me. To the end, Lord. To the end. My end was almost real about two or three years ago during COVID. They said, Welcome to the COVID ward, Mr. Fraser. You're either going home to be with Jesus or you might go home to your family. Doctor comes around and says, Mr. Fraser, I keep a bed open, someone is dying. Thanks doctor, very encouraging. All these comforting words coming my way. They were putting amongst two ladies, it was like a war zone and then the special IC unit that set up, it was during beta phase in December where people were fighting. Jenny said people were boxing to get into the hospital. They were that desperate. It was like a war zone, there was no space there. I got in a favor through a family member got me into the hospital. And there were ladies on the other side of me, youngish ladies. In a coma, they were intubated, and I prayed for their souls. I didn't pray for their healing. I prayed for that too, but most importantly, I said, I pray that an encounter with you, Jesus. This could be it for them. They both died. People were dying all around. It was a... But God is amazing. I, even, I came before God and said, Lord, here's Russell. Is this it? Am I coming to see you face to face right now? Life had been great up to then. Never, all it took was a, one panado a year, maybe, you know, health-wise, and... Suddenly, it's not looking good. But I t- and I said, Lord, examine my heart. Am I ready to come and, st- and see you face to face? Is there anyone I need to make right with or anything I've got to just bring before you right now? Search my heart, God. Search my heart. And I went through a process. Because this is real. This is real. Eternity is real. There's millions of people in eternity right now wishing they'd done the right thing in this life. Christians, not, let's leave out the unsaved people for now, as precious as they are and we need to reach them. One of the functions of the church is to reach the lost. Three legs of the church, learn to worship God and give your life to him. Learn to love people, each other, and learn to love the lost and to bring the lost. And The first two we can do in eternity, the, the third one we can only do down here, to reach people and bring them into the kingdom. But if you're so preoccupied with your own life and caught up in your business and your social affairs and your sports and things like that, you've got no time for the lost. Woe to you. I'm going to say that clearly. Woe to you. You're missing the plot. Your heart should be burning for the lost, breaking for those unsaved. And Satan's biggest thing is to get the church asleep. Just have like a lucky experience on Sunday. Laugh, fall over. And back to normal on Monday. But God wants these people to burn for Him. Burn for Him. Through the week. My time, my 24 years in the in the workplace was to reach the Lost. That's that's my primary objective having a job was to reach the lost. I love this Australian businessman. His thing was get people, you'd hire unsaved people only, get them saved, then fire them. He says, I've done what I had to do. Now you take what you've got and take it to there. I've always questioned why people get so excited about working for a Christian firm. You know, everyone's Christians. We're all just Christians. Oh, what are you doing there then? Go and find another job. Because they're all saved. You're just having a nice life. You're praying, loving each other, slapping each other on the back. And, but maybe, it's, maybe there's a season for that. If you're a young Christian, maybe you need that. That encouragement. There's different seasons of our lives. But if you're a mature believer, man, this, don't go into eternity with your gift unused and all shiny and new. You're a gift. Every one of you is a gift. You've got something to offer and to bring to the kingdom of God. Even a meeting like this, did you pray before and say, Lord, use me on this morning to bless the guys? Give me a word or can I, when you came here, did you come out nice and early to look around? See, someone who's lonely and just, there's so many stories of people who come to church. A friend of ours, a preacher, pastor guy, once he was preaching away, and he just stopped. He just said, "Mary, someone here called Mary," and then he just carried on preaching. And a lady came to him after. And said, says, you "Know what? I came to church my last my last time." I said, "You don't even know who I am God. You don't even know my name." And just people position themselves to be sensitive to God. Position yourself to be sensitive to God prophetically. All of us can prophesy. We can all get words of knowledge for each other to encourage and build up. I can tell you countless stories of people who just come into a time like this. There can be, you know, I've been preaching at one stage on friendships. And in fact, one of the Sunday night meetings, I came here last year and preached on friends. So who here is lonely? I think like 70% of the church stood up. And the, the leader was shocked, like, whoa. Because we can be lonely in a crowd. Because our culture, our culture works against us, the Western culture. And we've got to break that. We've we can't. got to look after each other. We've got to build each other up, the Bible says. Work in each other's lives. Encourage one another. Why Hebrews says, why you see the day approaching. Encourage one another. So next week, pray and ask the Lord to give you to something. Just position yourself. You don't, if you don't ask, you don't get. Because James, says, you, you, don't ask, you don't get because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you only ask about yourselves. But ask for the kingdom. Come with a heart. Say, Lord, give me a love for your people. When I got, after I got saved, i remember asking the Lord, give me, a, give me a love for your people. I was very selfish and just thought about myself. And I said, God, give me a heart for people. And then I started crying over people, crying often when I preach. Just as I start picking up the heart of God, it's God's heart, I'm just expressing what God is, heart for his people. Ask God for his heart, ask, ask. He's saying ask, he's encouraging you to ask, but for the right things, ask. Be ready to go and stand before him. You have gotta give an account for your life, be ready. And say, Lord, I'm ready. If you have that moment, are you ready? Have you positioned yourself, and don't make excuses, yeah, but. You don't know what my life's like. I'm busy and easy for you to say and all that type of thing. I've, been, I've heard all the arguments. Just push those arguments to one side. Say, Lord, here I am. Stir up. It's like, it's like showing faith in God. Some of you let your gifts lie dormant. So I'm going to finish soon. We operate a lot in the area of deliverance. I mean, I've cast demons out since 1981 when I've just been saved six months. I didn't know what deliverance was. I saw this girl bouncing up and down. So let me go and pray for her. Whoop, and... Demon came out, and we've been doing it ever since. And, um, you know, I mean, my most, I had an interesting, was it end of last year that I was in a congregation preaching away, and I used my phone as a timer, and suddenly this call comes up from another country, and um, I couldn't take it, uh, obviously. So, uh, later I listened to the voice note, and he said, We're doing deliverance on this lady. And he's not a, this guy's not, a, he's like a deacon, he was in this congregation in Sunnydale. He's now in another country. And he says, I felt I needed elder authority, so I used your name. He said, you know Russell Fraser. Well, I'd rather use Jesus, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Leave me out of this. Um, but I've heard that many times. The Demons often know me. Not that I really want to be known by demons. But <laughs> because but we confront, we, we, there's a collision between the two kingdoms. You know, we serve the kingdom of God. And it's a powerful kingdom. We don't fear the kingdoms or other kingdoms, the demonic kingdoms, the demonic realm. You know, guys, I've heard, guys, don't want to buy a building that belongs to a religious cult. Because, you know, the spirits, the demonic spirits will be in there. Well, man, they're going to flee when we get in there. We, we, You know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, man. Since when do we fear the demons? You know, there's so much a focus on the end times and the mark of the beast, but focus on Jesus coming back for His bride, the powerful King. We serve a King, a powerful, mighty, risen King, who can. Every demons tremble at His name, and find too many Christians tremble at the demons. Don't let the life of God get choked in you. Life, rise up at this time. I didn't get any into my notes, but anyhow, that's. I learned that from Andrew.